Hello, I'm Wilson Casado, husband, father, business owner, angel investor, entrepreneur. And above all, I'm passionate about innovation, education, and diversity. I believe that we need diversity for a more innovative future. Welcome to Changing the Game. Join me as I explore the need for diversity and education for a future we can all get excited about. I'll be diving deep into conversations that will give meaning and real-life examples of why diversity is good business for all of us and why we need to start now. I'll be joined by a host of amazing people who have first-hand experience of this in action and will inspire you to do the same. We'll be looking at innovations that solve real-world challenges and investigating those that create new problems instead of solving them so we can learn from the good and the bad. This show is for anyone who wants to change the game. So, hello everyone. Uh, welcome to uh, another episode of Changing the Game. So, it's a big pleasure to be here today with uh, Kylie Fraser. So, as, as usual, so I'll introduce Kylie as by you know her bio, then and then we go from there. So, uh, thanks for being with us, Kylie. Of course, happy to be here. Kylie Fraser, uh, she is the co-founder and partner of Flying Fox Ventures, an early-stage investment firm supporting Australian and New Zealand founders with global ambition. Flying Fox has over 30 companies in its portfolio, so I heard that, you know, maybe a little bit more than 30. And I think we're, I think we're actually at, we're, we're at almost we're at 45 now, so we've, yeah. we've had a big year. <laughs> here we go. So Kylie brings empathy to the founder experience, having founded technology, two, two technology businesses herself. Uh, she has almost two decades of experience as a corporate transaction lawyer, M&A, capital raising, IPOs, and et cetera. So Kylie, I, I find it interesting that in your bio, we have, you know, that Kylie brings empathy. So I had the pleasure of uh, meeting you uh, last year when you were kind enough to uh, to come as a speaker at the Buff Angels Breakfast. So, and one thing that I remember very uh, uh, fondly is your humor, your you know, the ability to bring that sort of bring fun to the to to you know to this environment. So, which is pretty good. Kylie, what is? Uh, I read your bio, but uh, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, Kylie? You know yourself. So the things that are not in the bio. So what 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 brought you to be doing what you're doing? Oh, the, the, the version that's not in the bio. I, I think I it's, it's deeply uncool to say that you liked being a lawyer and whilst there were many things that I did not like about the law, there were parts of it that I just loved. Um, as a transaction lawyer, I was always working on big teams um the, the subject matter of the deal was always changing so you got to you know kind of um helicopter into different sectors and get a feel for them quickly do a transaction with people of a really um high quality caliber and then move on to the next thing now i loved that um and and if if law had been um a little bit more flexible in in the way you were able to to, to structure a career, then then maybe I I would have stayed. But 
one of the problems with being a lawyer, um, certainly back at, at the time I left, was that the remuneration and incentives were very clearly aligned to input rather than outcomes. Mm-hmm. You got paid according to how many hours you build. Revenue is generated by according to how much time you put on a client's bill, regardless of what the outcome was. And I just got sick of selling my time. Um, I wanted to be able to create outsized value. And I realized um, after the course of um, of trying to, to build businesses myself that that was also pretty hard way to to um to leverage your own time it, it was a minor improvement on 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 um law as as a time suck but but not much and and I kind of came to investing by that realization that the the quickest way to maybe not quick maybe 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 that's um maybe that's not the right word but one of the best ways to leverage time is to buy the time and talents of other people at scale and investing gives me an opportunity to do that uh that that's awesome so i can uh i can pretty much relate to what you're saying because uh my, my background is also in professional services being in technology as a consultant as well so and exactly that so you actually feel that you know you're limited by the hours you can work as opposed to the whole value you could bring. So that, that's fabulous. So, uh, Kali, uh, I, I can't avoid, I, I cannot avoid asking this question. So you're flying Fox Ventures and you, and you have a business partners and you're both, uh, women. So is there any particular comments that you can make to, you know, to, what, how is this journey being a woman? Yeah. I- we are one of the few female founded firms and there is a definite lack of women in all places where decisions are made um, and decisions around investment and early stage investment of you know are certainly underrepresented by women when Rachel and I um, found each other I I wasn't I wasn't looking for a a female partner. Um, I was just looking for the best partner, and and Rachel Rachel Newman was that. We have recently brought on a third partner who I, I can't announce yet because they are um, they are still working out their their well not working out their gardening leave, but they're they're still still on gardening leave. So I I need to be a bit careful about that. But they they also happen to be a woman. Um, so we will very soon be a a three woman partnered firm which is pretty cool but not by design we just hire for the best and they've they've happened to be women um which is great because that's at the moment sadly that is still an anomaly in in our ecosystem but but hopefully that will change i I do want to make it very clear that what one of the the great frustrations um that that i have faced as as a vc has been people making assumptions on my investment mandate based solely on my gender, um, saying that just because I am a woman, I, you know, I probably only invest in women. I've had investors who've known me for a long time who insist on only sending me women founders as deal flow. And, and I, I love receiving those, you know, like if I want to say, you know, I, I want to see all the great founders, but I don't just invest in women. It's it's very hard. Um, to succeed as an investor if 
people if you're you know locking yourself out from you know more than 50% of the deals because sadly at the moment women do not make up 50% of founders of venture backable business so by restricting yourself to only investing in one gender i think i think makes it really difficult for for an investor um to to see you know to 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 generate the returns that they're trying to for for their investors yeah now i think uh I think we we all feel guilty of the bias that that you know the unconscious bias that we have is absolutely right. So sometimes we we fear things because of the gender, because the you know the conscious bias, as I mentioned. So and we do need to be aware of that. So to avoid those uh, uh, those you know misleading decisions, I guess. So okay, well tell me you know forty five investments. So uh, is there any I would love to hear a story. So, is that you have any preferred story or a story you love to tell about? You know, one of the investments, one you know, a group of founders. Yeah, I'm. I'm not supposed to have favorite babies, um, <laughs> but how, how do I? I feel like I always get in trouble when I choose one on a forum like this. But um, uh, well, let's say, let's yeah, say, not favorite, but tell us an interesting story. So one of the one of the most interesting companies in our portfolio is a company called GoTerra, which does um, waste management infrastructure. Um, they have an incredible series of contracts up and down the east coast of Australia, um, and expanding beyond that in in the in the mid in the in the mid term as well. What is interesting about GoTerra is that, um, yeah, because why is Kylie talking about waste management? That she, she said this is going to be interesting. That is not interesting. Um, they use a biological agent to break down food waste. So it's using maggots in a robotic structure that breeds and recycles the maggots and breaks down, you know, depackages the waste to turn food waste into maggot food and then the maggots themselves you know die of gluttony which has got to be the best way to go and then they in turn become stock feed or an ingredient mm. um, a commodity ingredient for, for pet food or the like um, so it's this beautiful circular economy system that is able to function at waste infrastructure scale it's it's a phenomenal product um, so we're super excited about that one. We're not the only ones. Um, the founder has recently been shortlisted for Australian of the Year. Um, oh, wow. So she won, uh, Olympia Yaga is the founder, and she won ACT Australian of the Year um, and then goes in with the other, um, you know, seven nominees, one from each state and territory into the into the Australian of the Year. Cool. So we're we're doing all we can to to promote her in this window because we would love to say that we backed an Australian of the Year. But either way, we're um, we're super proud of of what she does, and she's actually up she's up against Craig Foster in New South Wales. And I don't know about you, but I have just been like totally on World Cup fever for for the last few months. So if she loses to Foz, you know, say lovey. Yeah. <laughs> he's done he's done some great things you know n- not just on the football field but but offered as well his um his advocacy work has been been pretty cool but i'm not not giving him any more <laughs> any more props that's 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 awesome so uh i think the wa australian of the year is uh, a young athlete so peter ball 
So, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, as I'm supporting him, uh, and uh, I, I don't want to talk about the World Cup anymore. So he's finished a couple of rounds ago. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So <laughs> you, you never quite know if um, you know which scars you're going to pick with, with people now. It's uh, yeah. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Well, by the time that we publish this interview, I, I, I hope France has been champion, uh, not Argentina. Oh, no, <laughs> no. It would be lovely to see Messi win it, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, uh, it's very nice, interesting, uh, very nice story. So, uh, one of the things that I pick up in the news is announcement that you guys did earlier this year about uh, sharing your carry with the founders. So I found that quite interesting. So don't see that around much. So what 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 is what was the the story behind it? So how how you guys uh, decided to go for that? Yeah, a, a couple of different things. So we wanted everyone talks a big game about being founder friendly in in VC and then when we really thought about what we meant when we said we were founder friendly we meant that we wanted to create an environment where founders were able to help each other but also where they were going to be rewarded for their own efforts and we didn't want to be asking founders to help each other without having some real skin in the game. Mm. Now, a lot of firms will say that their founders enjoy helping each other anyway because, you know, like that's what founders do. They tend to be helpful people and we all get that little dopamine rush when we mm. facilitate a connection. But, you know, I like my incentives to be, you know, structurally aligned. Um, that's that's the lawyer in me. I like everything lined up in a row. And this Carry Share Initiative, which is the only uh, only um, initiative of its kind in Australia, there's a handful around the world which we drew inspiration from. We thought that was going to be a really nice way to to make sure that our founders in, like really enjoyed each other's success as well as their own. So I, I do have to say that uh, it's awesome to see that. There is, uh, I think, the way I see it, there is so much uh, so uh, gratitude on that sort of act. So uh, it's very unique. So I, I'd like to thank you for that. Congratulate you guys on making that decision because, uh, you know, it flicks, it flicks the greed all the way around and, you know, say, you know, we, we're here together. So very rare to see that. So congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's also, you know, we we have made a decision, you know, w w as, as we were thinking about what does it mean to be founder friendly? One, one of the pieces of feedback that, that founders constantly give about venture firms is that they prefer to deal with decision makers. Um, so we had the opportunity to kind of hire um, a, a number of junior investors um, and scale that way but we're not sure that that's going to deliver the kind of experience that that we want to know no disrespect to junior investors there are some brilliant junior investors out there uh, many of whom are, are far um, you know f far exceed my technical abilities but it, it's the perception in the minds of the founders yep. that that matters they they want to deal with someone at principal level or above it's got nothing it's 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 not not an indictment of skill um and we thought well we can just stay very top heavy 
by design. That means that we're not going to have the fleet of juniors to do um, some of the heavier lifting that that you would that you would expect. But we now know that our founders will help each other. You know, like this Carry Share initiative is working. They are leaning in and doing the work to help each other, which means that we don't have to have as many structural supports. Very nice. So it's interesting. You touched two interesting points there. One is uh, one is the point about your junior investors. So uh, interestingly, uh, we uh, we play in a, in a professional sales fields of consulting. That there is a sort of you know to be a consultant, you have to have gray hairs and wisdom, sort of in our age, sort of thing. So our company is a very young company as well. So and we keep like you know recognizing the talent of the young people and the ability that they have to advise and put a hands-on, not, not only give the advice, but then they put the hands-on to help. So, which is, uh, you know, it's very rich, you know, we can get from the, from the youth, I guess. Uh, Kylie, uh, and the other thing is about, you know, the way you were perceived as a VC and helping uh, your, your founders. Of course, you are VC, but you, but you, play a very intentional role as a as an angel VC sort of thing because the you know, the place you 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 uh the maturity phase that you actually come into uh what what is the what are those things that you as an angel investor as opposed to be too much focusing the return of investment so what are those things that you find important to to bring to the founders as a, as a help, as a capability? Other than cash, which is very important. Um, and I would say it's, it's, it's the single most important thing that an angel needs to bring um, because otherwise you, you're an advisor and you can be a wonderful advisor, but I think sometimes it, it can be difficult for founders to know with angels where they sit. We always tell people our check size in the first 90 seconds of meeting. Um, you know, I'm Kylie, I'm from Flying Fox at the moment. We're investing first checks of between 350 and 750K um, because that that helps them understand, you know, how where to put you in, in the stack ranking of investors. There's no point closing out, you know, like 10 angels before you've got, you know, the lead, you know, because the lead may want to take it all. You may want a couple of angels to help send some signal, um, but being upfront about check size is, is the single most important thing I think all angels need to do. Um, and there's no shame in having a small check. Um, you know, that it's not it's it's not a competition to see mm. who can um, who can write the biggest check. We've all we've all gotten into to trouble writing too many big checks too early when we started our angel careers. I, I certainly I certainly um went down that path before before forming Eleanor Venture. Um, but it's just it's just being upfront about it. So the the founder has the power to decide how to engage. Beyond money, I think angels play an important role in downstream capital strategy because we are not, you know, we are not a life cycle investor at present. We have some intention to 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 work on on changing that, so we can we can, um, you know, double down on on some of our star performers like Gotera, who we would love to to put more money into. Um, but what our role is at the moment is to help them find their forever investor. 
Now, that may not be an Australian investor. More and more, even in this market, you know, there, there is still a lot of appetite for good Australian companies um, to, to have um, uh, US investors. The UK is becoming increasingly active. There's plenty of money up through Singapore that, that we can help companies access. So understanding what kind of capital they want, what that means, you know, the, the, the milestones that you need to unlock if you are targeting a US-led raise are very different than if you are targeting a local raise. Um, you will need to, you know, go bigger, faster, um, and, and, and perhaps, you know, make some difficult trade-offs to show growth and velocity rather than revenue, which if that strategy doesn't pay off can yep. be fatal very quickly um but they're they're the kind of things you know we obviously we we don't we don't make decisions for founders we would never um never even um you know try we 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 don't even force them um you know towards a decision of our preference we just make sure they know that in choosing one path um you know this is what success looks like if you choose to do this this is what you need to look like if you're not looking like this on month one, this on month two, you are not going to look like that and we're going to need an exit ramp um, of some kind, whether that's a different capital strategy um, or, or perhaps a change to, to the business plan to focus on profitability and customer revenue a bit sooner. That's the kind of thing that we do yes. a lot of work with, um, mm. which, which is probably more angel-ish rather than VC-ish. Yeah. That's very good. So uh, one of the things that you mentioned, so I, I, I remember looking at your bio when we present uh, Flying Fox uh, Ventures. So it's about, so you talk about Australian and New Zealand business. So uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure whether that's a firm mandate or not, but I'm interested in that. So you touch in the point of the capital flow coming from overseas, potentially American capital or, or UK capital or Singaporean capital. Uh, what about the other way around? So do you have, are you fuzzy about these, you know, Australian tech companies having a global sort of reach in, and I know setting themselves for success in a global perspective or how, how that fits in your, in your decision making, in your, uh, in your, in, in, in the way you articulate how it can help them, uh, the market, them is a global market? Not always. So there are some markets that are big enough domestically. Uh, fintech and healthcare are, are the, the the two the two obvious ones. But there there are some other things if you start digging where you can build an enormous business just within Australia. For traditional B two B SaaS companies, yes, they have to be global day one. Um, but you know we don't have just a straight B two B SaaS mandate. We love B two B SaaS. Um, mm. And, you know, th there's a reason why it continues to command the valuation multiples that it does, but there are other verticals that are less competitive that we, we are, you know, we remain super interested in. Very nice. So, Kylie, I'm interested in, uh, in your view or, or in your insights about education. So we, there was one thing uh, that I particularly have been involved, which is trying to think about the traditional education and how they help so much to form in you know, entrepreneurs and, you know, how that uh, 
that uh, incentivize or, or, or make the young people, you know, think about the other opportunities other than traditional jobs. So do you have any particular view on that? So you you follow on that, you have, you know, what, what do you think? Oh, gosh. Um, the Pandora box? <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's a bit of a Pandora's box. I mean, I, I, I think... I I think there needs to be it would be great to see schools having more of a skills based curriculum rather than fact based curriculum. But you know, I've 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 got kids in, in primary school. My my eldest is, is finishing year six this year and you know, the, the 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 amount of group projects that they're already doing at that stage, the way that they seem to be incorporating elements of critical thinking earlier and earlier rather than just learning times tables and doing geography projects about a particular country. Like I can already see that the quality of education has changed a lot since I went through a couple of years ago. Um, so I, I, I don't I, I don't want to ignore the progress that has already been made. I, I, I think I think everyone is aware that, you know, the jobs of yesterday are not going to be the jobs of tomorrow and to enable our young people to compete in the in their kind of um you know uh job marketplace then they will need new skills um i also you know being being trained is that there are plenty of people who go through law school and never practice as lawyers and you know, I guess if you're going to spend four or five years at university, surely it's more fun to study arts or history or languages or whatever you want to do other than, you know, history of jurisprudence, which I can assure you is a real cracker. Um, but it's it's about a way of thinking. You know, law, much like computer science, is a very logical, rational way of, you know, if X, then Y um way of way of thinking you know building a system of precedent you know but being able to to put together arguments and and think through what your you know w w what the counter position is you know all, all these are such valuable skills that even if you never practice as a lawyer your legal training usually you know helps you in in ways that that you you know that that you don't you don't need to practice law for you get that way of thinking through the years of university and I think our early education systems you know need to be as much about how we think rather than what we learn. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a there's a whole lot of discussions going on in terms of and I, you, in the analogy you made was about the maths tables and etc. So but. It, is is chasing ATAR as a, as a measure system as opposed to you know what else you can do the portfolio that you do when you're in high school is you know and the extracurricular sort of involvements and etc. So good, awesome. So um, we we're starting to wrap up our conversation. So and I need to come back to what I mentioned in the beginning. So the the memory I have of you uh, uh, in the breakfast last year was. Uh, is it bringing some fun for you, some laughs from the, you know the, the the audience and the conversation, etc. How 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 important is that? How is how important is fun or 
you know, not making all about it. So how, how is that in your routine? How, you, how, how important is that for you? Yeah, it's it's super fun. I mean, it was one of the things when when Rachel and I were were co-founder dating, we were you know checking each other's sense of humor for compatibility and ability to make each other laugh. It was very critical to to our DNA. It's it's, it's one of our core values. We have, it's, in fact, it's so core to our values that we have two that touch on this. One is fun, and and one is irreverence. Um, and we you know wrap some. Boring ones like discipline and, you know, openness and accountability around that too. Um, so it, it's not all fun and irreverence. But I do think, I, th- I think it's important, like in investing, investing is full of ups and downs and it can be pretty easy to get jaded. Um, you know, I, I was at, at a dinner with with a group of investors recently, and um, someone joked that we we had to we had to make a rule that no one was allowed to join this particular investor group until they'd had at least two years' experience, so they could have that you know shine knocked out of them and and come with the jaded scars of of those of us that have been doing it for a little while. Um, and you know, it, it is it it is a it can be a tough job. You know that there is a real emotional impact to this job you are having difficult conversations every day you know I say no to people for a living you know I listen to people tell me their you know dreams and then I say no thank you not for me I I might do that four or five times a day like that is soul crushing you know it's soul crushing for the founder but it, it builds up on even an old battle axe like me so making sure that it is done with you know, humour, um, you know, with empathy first when you are delivering the no's, but, you know, not taking the process or ourselves too seriously. You know, we are privileged to be able to do what we do um, and we don't need to make something boring just for the sake of it. You know, something doesn't have to be, something can be institutional grade and make people a lot of money without being boring. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think that uh, we, we have way too many, way too many, you know, facts to be stressed about, isn't it? You know, it's a hard, it's a hard journey as a German, uh, as a, as a, as a pilot. So if you not bring some sort of fun, that becomes, you know, becomes a crazy thing. So uh, Kylie, uh, with Flying Fox Ventures, so uh, what is that you? What is that you after? Are you after some uh, other investors and LPs, or are you looking for you know startup founders to come along? So, what what is your pitch for your your stakeholders? Oh, I love this. Um, I want all the things. Both is the answer. So we are always interested in in meeting great founders. Um, we are sector agnostic. We do like to be early. So you know, our our ideal round size is somewhere between around you know raising your first you know three fifty to to maybe two million. Um, we can participate in rounds bigger than that, but we 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 usually don't have the the firepower to lead them. Um, so that's that's what we're looking for. Um, and investors, 
we we you know we, we'd love to pick up some more Perth investors. We've got a few. I actually lived in WA for four years. Um, I loved loved my time over there, um, and my sister still lives over there. So I'm looking forward to coming over and spending some time with her, and and you know hopefully meeting you face to face for the first time rather rather than beaming in um, via a big screen for a breakfast. You can yep. feed me this time, um, and yeah, we, we we'd love to add some more some more um, WA based investors to our flock. Our model is a bit different. We have a couple of different products depending on how people like to invest. Our kind of flagship cohort, uh, flagship product is what we call our cohorts of investors where we bring together a group of investors, get them to invest in 10 deals that we have selected that gives them a, 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 a diversified, you know, start of a, a of a well-rounded angel portfolio because we know that the single most important thing when it comes to angel investing is number of shots on goal um, to, you know, go back and torture our World Cup analogies from earlier um, rather than, rather than, um, rather than check size you know so we always say take take your take your check size take a zero off that and add it to the number of checks that you want to write and we help people create a process um around that that allows them to to do it at scale with confidence um and that's nice you know i angel investing is hard like it's and it's it's better done as a team sport it's nice to find your people it's good to celebrate your wins with people but it's also much better to lose with people as well. You know, it's much better to look over and kind of go, oh, oops, <laughs> it wasn't just me that 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 fell for that. And you know, like we're we're still early. We we haven't we haven't had to deal with that um, many times yet. But it does happen when you go super early. If you are not, you know, generating some of these losses, you are not taking on enough risk. You know, that's that the. the that is how the risk reward profile works in your favor as an angel investor. So the the losses are a feature, not a bug. And doing that with people and having some confidence around it who can, you know, hold your grit when when the going gets tough um, and, and those losses start coming in, I think can be can be a useful thing. Otherwise, you know, sometimes it's you know, it's it's hard to to see, you know, it's it's a long term sport and to hold that long-term vision um, by yourself can be a bit tricky sometimes. Absolutely. Well, Kylie uh, is a pretty uh, absolute pleasure to have you in that you know so I'm, I'm very grateful for you to uh, for your time to come and have a chat with us. So yeah I hope you come to to to, to Perth soon so love to meet you face to face. We before the interview we we're talking about the West Tech Fest, so we hope now that they keep growing and and we'll give opportunities for uh, all investors in the East Coast to come and visit Perth at that time of the year. I'm looking forward to. Uh, and yes, thank you. Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. I look 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 forward to my Perth trip. Thanks, Wilson. Yeah. So everyone, this is Kylie Fraser. So I think you agree with me that you know it's a pleasure to have uh, the insights and the wisdom. Uh, from her to make us uh, think, to make us, you know, reflect on the, you know, what we believe or not. So, and I'll see you in the next episode of Changing the Game. Thank you for listening.